Blog Talk Radio. This is BC Radio Live with Philip and Eric. Live online at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Aloha! The chat room is now open, the live video feed is now running, and we've got a very exciting and jam-packed show for you tonight. In our first segment, we'll speak with Martin Atkins, drummer for Public Image Limited, Killing Joke, Ministry, and Six Face, as well as author of Tour Smart. In our second segment, we'll talk with Chris, Chris McCaskill and learn about photography site Mug Mug. The top photographically minded listeners will want to keep a browser window pointed at mugmug.com for that one. Finally tonight, we'll talk with Deanna Cohen, Douglas Caballero, and Alex Simmons of Current TV. That is quite a lineup, so I can see that get started. I am Philip Wynn, Chief Geek at BC Magazine, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Olson, founder and publisher of BC Magazine. Welcome, Eric. Philip, thank you. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I am doing splendidly. We are action-packed, man. We're like a real radio show, and we have a schedule, and we're going to try to follow it. We have real <laughs> guests who know real stuff and who do real things, and we're super cool. Oh, well, we're getting there. <laughs> we do have, I, do, I want to briefly mention, before we get down to our, our segments tonight, there is a brand new BC Radio Network show launching tonight. Uh, about a half an hour after our show ends, Mental Game Radio with Wade Pierce will be airing. He, uh, he writes for blog critics, and uh, he has uh, uh, quite a site dedicated to the mental game of golf. So any golfers ought to tune into that. Uh, that will be at 10.30 Eastern Time, uh, right there at blogtalkradio.com. You know, that's exactly where I play golf, is in my mind, and that's the <laughs> only place. I, I think you're probably best there. I, I, I shoot, you know, like four under par every time I, I engage in just the mental game. Yeah, exactly. Now, I've, I've never, uh, and I'm thinking it's too late now, although, of course, it's never too late, but I, golf, the few times I've played, it just frustrates the hell out of me, and I'm kind of a perfectionist, and I hate being bad at something. So that is not a game to take up if you hate being bad at something. No, and I, I suspect I would be bad at it my entire life. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for, uh, for people like Wade. Hey, let's, uh, let's get right into talking with Martin, because I am super, super excited about this. Uh, we, we were just talking right before the show came on. Martin was the leader, dr- uh, drummer, major domo of Pigface, and I guess still is for that matter. And uh, I interviewed him at the Empire Club in Cleveland in about probably 91 of the long-defunct Empire Club. It was a nice little club, actually a pretty big club. And um, we had a nice talk then. I was doing a radio show and a TV show and was a big fan of the band and still am for that matter. I always liked industrial and harder-edged guitar as long as it's interesting and intelligent or, or at least unintelligent in an interesting way, you know? You know what I mean? Anyway, welcome, Martin. Hey, how you doing? Exceptionally well. Boy, this is really, really quite a, uh, an endeavor. The Tour Smart book, and you're out um, uh, touring, uh, <laughs> obviously, talking about the book. And I, I'm looking at it right now. It's a major, major endeavor, almost 600 pages. And uh, for those who don't know who you are, uh, just in a nutshell... You're a drummer way back all the way to uh, Public Image in, what, 79? Yeah, I joined PIL in 79. Spent five years with Pill. We did, uh, oh my goodness, in my first few months with the band, we did the John Peel's live radio show, uh, the Old Grey Whistle Test, which was live TV. Went to Paris, did two shows in a row in Paris. It was recorded for the Paris of Prontomps live album. That was my first ever gig with the band. Came to the States, did... Um, U.S. tour, American bandstand, met with Dick Clark, uh, went to Australia, Japan, all over Europe, then joined Killing Joke, uh, did a bunch of dates with Killing Joke. I, I, I was managing Killing Joke, co-producing the music. I worked on the Extremities album with Killing Joke, um, did the Ministry Cage tour um, that's in that, in case you didn't feel like showing up video. Right. Started Pig Face the day the ministry tour ended while I was still in Killing Joke. Um, in the 90s, I had like a whole video. Then um, started Murder, Inc., The Damage Manual. 
my label Invisible is 20 years old next year. It's amazing yeah, you lot. are you are you are the uh DIY entrepreneur and and uh an artist in your own right. So your perspective on on the whole approach to to the business of music from a DIY standpoint is is it's almost unparalleled, I'd say. So we are quite lucky you put this together. When when did the idea of putting the book itself come together, and how did that all well, take place? I, I'm, my office in Chicago is uh, is 20 blocks south of Columbia College uh, here in town, and um, we started putting package tours together in, in 95, 96, and um, there's just you know once you start taking responsibility for everything, there's a ton of work to do, and um, so. I had this fantastic idea of going up to Columbia College, doing a presentation to the faculty, and bringing 20 interns back with me. Aha, self-serving. Right. And so, so I did this presentation, and the, and the faculty were like, well, that's fantastic. When can you start? And I'm like, well, I've already started. I'm putting this package tour together, and I need help now. They're like, no, when can you start teaching? And uh, Wow. And I said, well, I'm, I'm six weeks away from... Going out on this tour, um, when does the class start? You know, and they're like, "Well, you know, two days from now." And uh, then I'm like, "I asked like one There's more nothing question. like last minute, right? Exactly. I asked one more question. I'm like, "Well, you know, maybe it's like a one and a half hour class. You know, how long's the class? Seven hours." Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, and I, I just thought, you know what? What would I tell my kids? You know, grasp the opportunity. Um, and so I did. I started teaching. I made myself, you know, I'm like, watch me. I'm going to drop 20 pounds before before the end of classes because we're rehearsing now and I'm up all night and I'm worried. Um, you know, I, we didn't have time to do the whole uh, semester, so I made the last two classes at, at the very last show of the tour at the Cabaret Metro here in, in Chicago. I had the whole class in the dressing room. And I'm like, okay, you know, smell my armpits, you know. <laughs> this is here we go. I had the crew guys come in, the merch guys sat down and, and spoke with everybody, uh, and then I sent the whole class upstairs, uh, gave them an open bar tab, and and uh, um, I mean it, it was fantastic. So, uh, and there wasn't a textbook. I looked at the textbook that they were using in class. It was written in 1963. Oh my! So then I had to look around at other textbooks. And one textbook was written by an attorney, which which is fine, but he said in page three, the most important creative decision a band will ever make is choosing their attorney. And that's like, uh, that's just right, <laughs> dude, you know. That's somewhat skewed, perhaps. Right, I'm like, I'm like, you know, God bless America, you know, the free marketplace and everything, but... You know, my book doesn't say the most the, the most important thing you, you should do is hire Martin Atkins to play drums on your album. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, it's just and, and co-produce and be your manager. Right. It's just disgusting. So, so I I started to put materials together for class. That you know, um, looking at geography and time and distance and and a pattern started to emerge of um, instead of trying to like. You know, uh, um, uh, can I can I just be free with my language? Sure, sure. Rip, let a rip, right. son. So, sometimes people are like so obsessed with with creating this this magic. It's it's like being constipated and trying to push this shit out. You know, and if you just like forget about that and just go about this day to day business, you can you can create magical things. If you if you concentrate and try and um, uh, try and force it, it's never going to happen. And and so um, you know you can. There are magical things you can do, but but there are, there are lots of nuts and bolts things that you. It's can very do. blue collar is the bottom line. It's very it's hard work, right? It, it's it's the hardest work you're ever going to do. It's 28 hours a day, nine days a week, and and for some people that demystification is unacceptable because what they want is someone to push the secret button, you know, so they can be lazy and, and be what they think an artist is. Well, they, they want to be all Peter Max and Yellow Submarine and, and you know, dancing on, on mystical, magical landscapes, and everything just kind of happens, like you say, uh, of its own accord. And uh, that's fine if and when that does happen, but 
the rest of the time, you got a whole long agenda. I can the reason I can relate so well to the book, and I can re- tell how well written it is, and how well thought out it is, and you brought in all kinds of people to consult. Is I did something much smaller scale, but but somewhat similar. Uh, I wrote networking in the music industry in the early '90s. I don't I don't I don't know if you've seen it with uh, with. Uh, uh, Mr. Clevo from Cleveland, who's on Rock Press, and so I, in fact, I interviewed some of the same people you did. I talked to Jason Pettigrew from Alternative Press, yeah. and I'm seeing some other names in here. So, I mean, I know how how many issues there are that people have to address. A lot of people just don't realize that it's very specific, it's very businesslike, and you have to address each of these subjects. Since we're trying to to be a semi-professional here and and you know do the show in a in, in a uh, fairly compact manner, and we've already, due to me blabbing, of course, uh, done 10 minutes. I, I think what would really be fascinating to people is if, and, and I, you probably have this down because I know you're out doing a, a speaking tour about it, is maybe if you could give the absolute, you know, what you think are the key points, the essential points, or at least the things that people need to think about, um, you know, it, when they're deciding that they want to tour and get out there and be on the road and be a real band and, okay. uh, and get it done. Uh, take responsibility for everything. The only thing that you can assume a promoter is going to do is open the doors of the venue. And everything else is your responsibility. Have the posters been put up? You can't blame anybody. You need to make sure the posters have been put up, that postcards are all over town. Um, we, we do, we, the last tour we did, we did 20,000 promotional discs, and we labeled every single disc with the information for a specific venue date and time because we just didn't want to rely on promoters writing clearly with a sharpie you know um if you're a local band stop overplaying your market uh, make sure that you have merchandise not just one t-shirt and one cd you need five cds you need five t-shirts you need 20 t-shirts but i'm saying five just not to freak everybody out um and the only real way for a startup band to do that is by teaching themselves to screen print. Um, and if you teach yourself to do that, you can screen print digi packs, you can screen print DJ bags, you can screen print your own scenery. Um, and then you can cut up the scenery, frame it, stretch it, sell it, or give it away to fans as an incentive for people in other parts of the country to help. You know, um, you take care of those things. Um, assign tasks to the band have one person be responsible for the mailing list one person be responsible for routing and communication Uh, don't look for an agent don't look for a manager Uh, book yourself and manage yourself because uh, for you to play the right venue in Chicago on the right night you could spend six full days of work finding out where that venue is what is the right night who are the right bands to play with for an agent, it's only worth the commission. And if you're not careful, an agent and a manager combined will do what they think they're supposed to do, which is get you more money than nothing, right? And then they can commission that. But really, if you're in a young startup band and you haven't played, let's say, Chicago before, you shouldn't be playing for a guarantee. You should you, you should be playing for nothing so that the promoter can do a zero dollar ticket because the only way anybody's going to check you out is if it's free and you should be looking to not only play for free but but try and get some reduced drink specials at the bar to further incentivize people to come out and see you and um, those few things will help wow i I have a question uh, from the chat room actually joey g wanted to ask uh what's the favorite project you've been involved in um, right now, I'm loving uh, my China Dub sound system. I went to China last year for 16 days. Well, I went for 10 days. I extended my trip twice. I canceled a trip to Shanghai, and I just stayed bottled up in the studio with Tibetan singers, scratch DJs, uh, the cream of the Beijing underground. It was, it was, that was my postcard from China to myself, and I just loved the sounds and the beats uh, on that album. I have that, and it really is great. It's very interesting. It's a it's a really seamless combination of 
of the Chinese uh, sound, of course, and Chinese you know language and, and tonality, but with but with also a very Western sense of of beats and how it comes together. It's very easy to listen to for Western ears, at least at least for my ears. I, I found it very enlightening. Thanks, and I and I mean just for anybody listening, I, I think that's the next Pig Face album. Really, it's not called Pig Face, but it's me with thirty people I'd never met before in a studio. You know, so I mean it's it's the ultimate the stripped down essence of of the idea of pig face you know um where you can't even talk to the people uh you know i think only about 20 or 30 percent of of the people in the studio spoke english so i mean it, it is all about the music and the musical connection or the disconnect you know whatever uh what, what, what you know that was the language that we were speaking it was awesome how did you draw all those people together? How, how did you gather them? Uh, well, I, I just went and um, booked some studio time. And, and uh, I think one of the things I talk about in the book a lot is that when you do anything, um, if, if your radar is turned on, you, you enable other possibilities. And so um, my day in a studio that was supposed to be me and some ancient master drummers was actually... Uh, me with these schoolgirls playing these stringed instruments, and instead of blowing my top and, and getting angry, um, I, I welcomed them into the studio and started having them play this kind of round. And then I did some off-time 17, 18 mad circular drum beats. And then I think a scratch DJ was kind of wandering by the studio, like, hey, what's going on, you know? And then the engineers were like, okay, this is kind of cool. Here's my circuit bent 303. Let's rock, you know. And then on my way to the studio the second day, I recorded all these sounds in a taxi that became the beginning of Beijing Taxi. And this girl was in another studio and said, "I want to sing with you. I'm signed to a major label in China. But you can't film me and you can't put my name on the album." I'm like, "Fine." So she starts singing. The engineers start blushing. I'm like, "What's up?" Like, she is saying some really dirty words. I'm like, "Fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> and then, then someone showed me, uh, the guy from Beijing Pop Festival stopped by and showed me a DVD, and he thought I was interested in uh, 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 in, in all of these uh, Western bands, you know. I'm like, uh, uh, Supergrass played his pop festival, and Nine Inch Nails played this year. I'm like, yeah, not interested, not interested, not interested. Oh, my God, Tibetan singers, where these are amazing. Yeah. And he's like, well... When in Rome, man. Yeah, and he's like, I I know these people. I'm like, well, get get them in the studio, you know. And um, it was just awesome. It was awesome. And and I've sat in the control room, you know, looking through three panes of glass at these Tibetan singers, and I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go and stand right next to them because this is this is my vacation. This is this is my experience. So that's what I did. I pretended that I had to give them the time signature. And I just stood right next to them, and and I watched myself on the documentary. I'm just smiling my ass off, you know, absorbing it all. Yeah, yeah. It is it is really really beautiful, and I I, I share your obviously love of of um, you know new and interesting sounds, and in combining uh, you know the different worlds and 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 seeing what happens. And right. so. Were you just producing, or did you play on this too? No, I, 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 that's my it's my album. I produced it, I mixed it, I dubbed it up in the studio here in Chicago. Um, you know, I, I engineered and mixed it, and and made the music while I was there. So my, it's my drums. I'm scratching the radio. I'm singing on Radio China. You are all over that thing. Yeah, yeah. It, I it, had a blast, you know. And it's like, oh, you know. That's what music is, you know. It's not some formulaic strategy, you know, to storm the charts and and you know, ship more units. It's just fun. It's you know? expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, I didn't know that I needed to be reminded about that, but I guess I did, and it was awesome, and I loved it. Well, that's that's amazing to hear. Yeah, I you know I I I actually knew that, and I just I completely slapped my mind slipped my mind that you did that and that that was you know that was you who put that together i i like i said i have it in fact i just listened to it probably in the last week i have, I have some key cds that i set aside for nighttime listening they're usually kind of dubby or you know trancey and i don't mean trance in the trance dance music but i mean 
trance-inducing, but often they're dubby, and, and I've been listening to that one a lot, and I just, I just love it. Like I say, the, the, the combination of, of Western-type beats and, and the things that you did, uh, you know, with the scratching and the dubbing and whatnot, and, uh, but combined with the, you know, obviously the, the Chinese talent. And it's, it's, it's really fascinating stuff. It really is um, a bridge between the worlds. And well, yeah, well, that, it's not surprising that, at all that you did it. Well, that, that, um, uh, well thank you. And, and that, the, the, uh, the China MC brothers, um, you know, they had no clue what pig face was, you know. And um, um, uh, I listened to that. We, we played for 17 minutes. Uh, the China MC Brothers versus Martin Atkins, and um, I mean that was—I mean it just seamlessly locked, and the guy was playing those keyboards and uh, the scratching, and the and the guys rapping in Chinese and and, and shouting out, you know, and um, it, it's awesome, you know. Well, hey, it's already twenty after. Let's tell people where they can get all of this and all the things that you're doing, because man, it's a bunch of really fascinating stuff. And people who, who aren't uh, dialed into you and, and all of your projects and your sort of very organic nature, all these things really should, if they're interested in independent music you know, at all, um, you're, you're right there in the center of it. So I know you're out speaking, and let's make sure they know about your label and website and all that. So please just go right ahead and toss out all that promo info. Um, well, you can, you, can, you can go to the uh, Invisible site there's a tstouring.com site. Um, you can get me uh, on MySpace, you know. Hey, d- do we have a couple more minutes? Sure. And let me toss out the phone number, too, in case we can squeeze in a quick call if anyone else has a question while you're still on. 646-595-3195. That's 646-595-3195. That's our call-in number. Yes, please go ahead. Okay, I want to read out a question that's, that's on your uh, that's on your web chat. Please. Um, how about you don't sign a contract with Martin Atkins? Um, so, um, interested in talking about that. If if uh, if Joey G wants to uh, step up to the plate, um, you know, um, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to talk about that. And I, I, you know, I'd be happy to to to, to stay online. Um, and chat with a couple of people if they've got some specific questions. The the stuff I won't answer is is just um, um, unfounded crap from people. But I'm 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 really happy to sit and chat with anybody about anything at, at length. You know. Super. If you're willing, if you're willing to stick around for a while, actually, uh, after our hour is up, we can we can go into an after show if uh, Joey G or anyone else wants to call in and, and talk with you. I don't know what your schedule is. If you can uh, stick around for another, well, you can you can continue right now in the chat room. I mean, there's yeah, no can, question about start, that. Do I have to log in to be in the chat room? Uh, no, I believe you're in as a guest already. If you can, if you can see it, yeah, then, if you can see uh, it, I think can you can participate. Hey, yeah. thanks very much, see, Martin. See, hey, see, we'd see, love to have you back yeah. on. This was so yeah. short, and there's he, so much he, to talk about. Yeah, here's my thing. You know, I've I've been doing this for 30 years. I've released 400 albums. I, you know, sometimes I've said, you know, I'm happy to talk to anybody else that's released 400 albums because they understand what it's like. Most people started their own labels, released four or five albums, and just turned to dust. Oh, of course. But, but, so I'm still here doing it, and, and I'm, I'm delighted to talk to anybody uh, about, seriously, about whatever they, they think this is about or whatever they think I'm about, you know. And, and, and I'm... I'm also just as happy to say, you know what, my body of work speaks for itself. You know, uh, I think my joy in music and my joy in helping people and passing on information comes through the book. That book should be $75 and it's 29 and it's on sale. I sell it for 20 you know, and I give that book away to bands I see at gas stations. Oh, that's an amazing bargain. And the reviews on it, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't buy, you know, better reviews. And we're talking about from totally grassroots, organic sources, yeah. people who know this stuff. And they say, this, you know, this is the new Bible. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it is. You know, it's absolutely central. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, is that, is that 646, is that Joey G's number? No, that's the call in to, for the show. Okay. Well, why don't you have Joey G give me a call? Do you want my number? Uh, I have your number from the caller ID, and I can certainly pass it along to him. 
Yeah, we probably shouldn't give that out. <laughs> yeah, let's let's directly. Give it out the air. But uh, uh, well, thank you. If you guys can... number, you could call information in Chicago and get it. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm 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 I think I'm pretty visible and, and accessible. You mean you're not invisible? Ha ha ha! Thanks, thanks so much. It was really great talking to you again after uh, 15 years, and I'm I'm really really pleased with your success and that yeah i mean look man who's put out 400 albums from every angle as an artist as a label owner as a producer uh you know manager all the things that you've done that is absolutely worthy of the highest respect and you you certainly have mine great well uh moving along uh, trying to get through uh, as much of this as we can uh hopefully on the line with us now we have chris from smug mug chris is that you i'm here Oh, very good, very good. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, Chris is, in fact, the uh, president of SmugMug.com, which is a, a photography website with 350,000 paying customers, which I, I find pretty amazing given that amazing. the fact that... You just that started. Membership, yeah, membership started at $40 a year. I mean, Flickr's has that, and you've managed to, you've managed to accumulate quite a, quite a customer base. Amazing. So uh, you, you've actually, uh, well, Chris, actually, you used to work for Next, which mm-hmm. kind of impressed me. I'm an old, uh, I'm an old Next fan. I used to have one of their their cute little stations and their printers that would inform me in that oh so lovely voice that your printer is out of us. <laughs> that was a British voice. <laughs> yes, the British voice. Of... I, I fell in love with that printer. Yeah. And uh, you also went on to found Fatbrain.com. That's right. Uh, which is uh, which is sadly no longer, but uh, for quite a while there, it was it was my favorite uh, bookstore for geeks. And that uh, was a big that was a big shocker that it became no longer. You know, it got bought by Barnes and Noble, right? And Steve Riggio was the pre- CEO of BarnesandNoble.com that bought it, and his brother Len was the CEO of Barnes and Noble, the bookstores. Well, after they bought it, Len took me to dinner in New York. Nice guy, and we had a good relationship, and he said, Chris, I just hate the brand FatBrain.com. I want to call it Barnes & Noble Corporate Bookstore. <laughs> I didn't hear that until after the acquisition, but that's the way it happened, so everybody thought it just went away. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I actually uh, I, I hadn't even realized what had happened until uh, this week. I went to FatBrain.com, uh, and uh, it took me to Barnes and & Noble, and, and I did it three times because I, I thought I'd done something wrong. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> but then after that, you, uh, you joined, you, in 2002, you founded SmugMug, so you've been around about as long as, uh, as BC Magazine has, actually, uh, the, the site that, that sponsors this show, and you've managed to turn it into uh, quite the photography powerhouse. I, I myself am an, am an amateur photographer. I've got a, a membership at Flickr. So I guess, I guess I'm curious, um, why should I switch from Flickr to SmugMug? Flickr is a good site. We've, we know the Flickr founders very well and, and uh, have always had a lot of admiration for them. The design of the sites are quite different. Our, photos are, our site is designed to make your photos look great. So they look big and there's themes um, and so on. We have really good navigation, and we do have the social networking things like comments and so on, but you'd probably get more of those on Flickr. Flickr uh, has dedicated an awful lot of the page to comments and and, uh, things like that, so the navigation isn't as good. And if you like large photos or any kind of customized background at all, you can't get it. Everyone's site looks exactly the same, which is pretty generic. Yeah, I did notice that uh, when I, I signed up for SmugMug this week, and uh, I've been pretty impressed just uh, in the last few days. It, one of the things that it asked me to do was to pick a, a theme for each gallery. Mm-hmm. So uh, anybody that's uh, in the chat room, I'll, I'll kind of try to give a little screenshot of the uh, holiday theme I chose for my initial gallery. And uh, the, the other thing I noticed is that, yeah, just as you said, the, uh, the photos are, are huge. Yeah, we call that Smugmungus, and they didn't <laughs> used to be that big. <laughs> Our biggest size photo was actually 800 pixels, which seems so tiny now, but when we started in 2002, that filled most monitors. But now, even a basic iMac comes with a 1600 pixel monitor, and, and the least expensive monitors that Dell sells are that size, and, and people are buying widescreen monitors and 30-inch monitors and so on, and oh my gosh, it's it just amazes them to see how we automatically size the photos to fit their screens. And <laughs> if they're on a large monitor, they just get this stunning enlargement. 
Yeah, that was the other thing I noticed. I'm on one of those uh, MacBook Pros with like a with I think it's 1900 by some ridiculous uh, percentage of, of screen real estate, and and it seems yeah, to see. chew it up really well. Yeah, you're in real luck. And the way it works actually is it senses your browser area, not necessarily your monitor size. So if you stretch your browser or maximize as much as you can, the photo gets bigger and you get more thumbnails to choose from too. Pretty nice. So what do you see as the primary focus for SmugMug? Making your photos look great. You know, people come... And you know, there's really three different kinds of photo sharing sites. Uh, one is the traditional printing kind of site, like Shutterfly is, Kodak Gallery, Snapfish. That's mainly for people who want to make photo books and Christmas cards and things like that. And uh, we have photo books and Christmas cards too, but they really focus on that. The whole site design is around that. The second is the social networking kind of site, like Facebook, MySpace, that has some photo sharing, Flickr, um, and uh, we have some of that too, but. Uh, but our real strength is making your photos look great. And so for people who care a lot about their photos, they went on a vacation to Paris, uh, or they're an amateur photographer, or they're just a soccer mom who wants to see you know, their uh, soccer-playing kid look big and beautiful. Uh, it, it, they don't want the ads and all of those things. They want it clean. That's why they come to us. Yeah, that's very nice. I, I created a um, a site. I'm mean, I'm at uh, pwin.smugmug.com. I think that's a, a nice touch, and it, it's kind of a a view of just my stuff, which is very contrary to uh, some of the other sites I've seen that seem to really emphasize, you know, their connection, their site. Uh, this seems to allow me to present, you know, what I want to present, and I find I find that attractive. Yeah, a lot of people do. I have a little Easter egg hidden, hidden in Smug Mug uh, that people find, which is uh, we'll give you a $25 Amazon gift certificate if you'll let me call you and just ask you questions. I'm not there to sell, just to ask you questions about your Smug Mug experience. And uh, I just got a phone with a woman about two hours ago who saw it after two days of taking her trial, and she couldn't believe I would call, but she went down all the reasons why she chose it. She had tried everything, and she said, you know, I just wanted my photos to fill up the screen. I want my, they're my photos. I want them to look great. And I got this big monitor, just like I want enlargements on the walls or you know, my paintings to be framed well. I, I care about my photos. And you've got three different packages. Yeah, Standard, Power, and Pro. So the differences are Standard is um, lets you have unlimited storage and unlimited traffic. And a lot of... Um, 80 or 90 percent of the features of the other two, but what's really different about the power uh, level, which is $20 a year extra, is you get video, and this is not the kind of video you see elsewhere in the web. It's a lot more high definition. It's not small grainy videos or anything like that, and you also can customize to your heart's content. So you can remove our logo if you know things about HTML and setting colors and CSS and all those things which a lot of people really get into, uh, then you can decorate it so you won't even recognize it as a smug mug site. In fact, an awful lot of people who have never heard of us have seen, have visited, you know, photographers' sites before or some family sites and they thought they were homemade. They were actually powered by smug mug. So that's power. And then Pro helps you sell your photos. So if you're a wedding photographer or something like that, there's all kinds of features around selling your photos. Now this is also... I know you bill yourself as the largest independently owned site. Obviously, some of the other uh, popular photo sites have been gobbled up by large conglomerates. But you're a family operation. We are. And uh, so my oldest son actually started it five years ago in 2002. And it really wasn't going to be a photo sharing site. It was going to be about games, like Quake and Doom, and, and sort of a social networking site around games. And uh, that turned out to be exciting and a passion of his, but uh, sort of an expensive undertaking. <laughs> and one component of it was photo sharing, so you could grab screenshots of the games and kills and things that you make. And uh, people were really lighting up on that piece of it, and he was wanting me to join him, so I did. He's the CEO. And, um, and my passion was photography, his too, but mine especially. And the two of us just decided, hey, let's capitalize on the photo sharing piece. 
it was in the dark days when no venture capitalists would invest in anything. And everyone, including our friends, thought we were insane because all the premium brands were out there with photo sharing sites and they were free. And I remember people telling us, what, what do you think you're doing? A quirky brand like Smug Mug, no one's ever heard of. You're going to charge $30 a year when sites like Canon and Adobe and Epson make this free for all comers and they can make it free forever because they sell more cameras, you're out of your minds. But it really worked out. Yeah, it's worked out very well. And I know that your your wife, your three sons, your daughter, uh, you all you, you all work together on the company. Yeah. And I, I think that's nice to see. That's amazing, actually. Uh, so the way that happened is uh, our second son, Don's younger brother, got interested in it about four and a half years ago, and he was going to college in bioengineering, basically. And uh, he gave up a very promising career just because this looked exciting and fun, and so he joined it and has never looked back. And then third son uh, was getting a bachelor's degree in statistics, and he left that to join it. And then my daughter had gotten a bachelor's degree in chemistry and wanted to teach chemistry, but the allure was too strong. Same with my wife, same with my sister. So it became seven McCaskills in the beginning, and now we have 28 people, and and uh, and they're like family to us too. And we've had opportunities to sell it; we just don't want to. Well, that's great. Is there anything that, um, say, someone signs up? There's a two-week trial. I know. Uh, yes. That's how that's how I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. What what are say the top three things that someone ought to check out check out that may not be completely obvious when they sign up? Um, that's a good question. I. Uh, I think probably the first thing to do is uh, upload photos and see how big they can go. One unobvious thing uh, that I'll tell you is the default style is a set of small thumbnails on the left um, and a larger photo on the right. If you click on that larger photo on the right, the size that it comes up will uh, fit your monitor so that there's no scrolling. And uh, if you send that link, in the address bar that you see from that photo to anyone else, it will fit their monitors automatically without scrolling too. So whenever you share photos, it just shares them um, at the right size. And if someone happens to have a large monitor, they're going to gasp and send you back an email saying, whoa, that's amazing. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's one thing to check. Another thing to check is to send a share email. You just click the share button on any gallery. and um, and uh, it will embed a photo in an email uh, that you can send, and you can have an online address book and s- send it to people who you normally send it to. And you get to see when they've read it and things like that, or if they've read it. Um, so those are two pretty good things. And then if you um, mouse over the larger photo on the right, you'll see a little menu come up that will let you see photos larger. They'll let you save photos, too, if as long as the owner enables it. So you can save them full resolution. It's not like the Roach Hotel where the roaches check in and they don't check out, like Shutterfly and Kodak and those sites are. They get your photos and they're not coming back out. With us, if your mom wants to print it and she's in Georgia, she can save it on her computer. Um, we, we don't try to lock you in. Now, your your most recent project at Smug Mug, I guess, is this uh, the Smug Mungus, right? Smug Mungus, yeah. Now, and how, how does HD video work on your side? I mean, that, that seems maybe a, a bit more complicated than just photos. It is more complicated than just photos, and it took us a little while to work it out. Um, so we were very interested in this video format that Apple uses for the iPod and Apple TV and, and for movie trailers on Apple.com. Uh, it's a beautifully compact format that plays really, really well called H.264. And uh, we have high-definition video cameras, and fortunately we own the company. We're not beholden to anyone except our customers and ourselves, and usually our customers like what we like. And we wanted to see big, beautiful videos. So what happens is you upload a video. It can be of any form. Um, you know, they come, in, they come in different formats off different cameras. It doesn't matter. You upload it. We'll convert it to H.264, and we will make several copies of it uh, one in very high resolution HD, one in sort of traditional DVD television resolution, which would be 
640 by 480, which looks stunning on the web, and one in traditional web resolution like YouTube has, which is 320 by 240. That would be someone would only watch that if they had a really low resolution, or a, you know, an unspeedy connection or something, dial-up or I don't know what. And uh, but that way, just about anybody can watch it. And if you use iTunes, for example, you can subscribe to uh, the videos from any gallery as a podcast, just like you would other podcasts on iTunes. And then it automatically gets downloaded to your PC or your Mac, sorry, it could be Mac or PC, your iPhone, your iPod, your Apple TV, and it already it's smart enough to download the right resolution so you get the best viewing experience. And I don't think there is HD video anywhere else on the web. So when you see some of these videos that are either 960 or 1280 and they play beautifully without jerking, you just, <laughs> it's not something anybody's seen before. You, you think of a big screen TV in your living room for that. Well, that, that, is, uh, that is amazing and impressive. Are you going to, how are you handling those sorts of bandwidth concerns? That seems like something that uh, would, would quickly overwhelm a small site. Well, one of the best things that ever happened to us was about a year and a half ago, Amazon called us, your favorite bookstore, and they said, hey, we're starting a new service and would like to think about you as a very early trial customer, and that is that we will, it's a storage facility that we'll service other websites with. <laughs> it's not what you'd ex Yeah, Amazon S3. It's not what you'd expect from a retailer. Um, but I knew from being at Fatbrain how capable they were and how good their engineers and IT department and data centers were. And so we bit. And uh, we started using it and started feeding back with them our suggestions. And they became the backup for all of our media so that if anything happened to SmugMug, at least it's stored on Amazon. Well, they introduced new services uh, like EC2. It's called the Elastic Computing Cloud. And, uh, and it's just a whole big farm of servers uh, that can process a lot of stuff like video and that made it possible for us because people could upload these videos, they could be stored at Amazon who has an unbelievable size data center, they could be processed and converted to all these different sizes in the formats that we love uh, by their computers and then when a customer clicks on a video it can come uh, basically straight from Amazon and use up their bandwidth. So right. we have a saying around here, let's set Amazon servers on fire, not ours. <laughs> well, I think that's true. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Amazon S3 service myself. I, I use it for a uh, side project, and we're going to be using it more at, uh, at BC Magazine as well. So I think that's, that's a wise choice, and, and I think that really answers my main concern about all that HD video I just, like you said, I imagine the server's catching fire, but I, I guess you'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, I sometimes think if we go visit their data center, we'll probably smell smoke around there somewhere, and, uh, <laughs> and, and probably they're muttering about smug mug, but we're probably their biggest customer. Well, it's, it's a pretty amazing site. I, I've only, like I said, I've heard of SmugMug a couple of times. Uh, I know that it's, it's somewhat in a different category even than Flickr, certainly than, you know, PhotoBucket or ImageShack or some of the, mm -hmm. the completely different category. Uh, I'm going to be spending some time with it over the, the next two weeks. I, I think my, uh, my Flickr membership, my pro membership is coming up for expiry soon, and uh, I've, I've grown bored of some of the community sniping there and, and getting more serious about my photography. Uh, I think this is uh, looking pretty promising to me. Yeah, so um, there are a couple of things to mention. One is that there are a couple of tools like Migrator um, that allow you to just take your Flickr photos and bring them all over to SmugMug, and it automatically creates the albums and imports the captions and comments and everything you could want. So. That's really easy. People find that to be like silk. And the other thing is, you know, there there is an advantage to uh, having a free account level at a site like Flickr where their free account level is you, you get up to 200 photos free, and then if you have more than that, you have to pay. Um, but there's a downside to that, too, because it creates a lot of noise in the community, and it's anonymous. You You get their email address, but nothing else, so you have to have screeners always chasing what they're posting. With us, you know, with that, it's not very noisy. The the signal to noise ratio is really good because these are all people who love photos and have bought their accounts for a reason. Very nice. 
Well, the site is smugmug.com. If you've ever uh, been a fan of, of Next or Fat Brain, as I have, you can see where at least uh, at least Chris has gone at since then, and uh, I like what I see. Thank you very much for spending the time with us tonight, Chris. I hope that uh, more people check out smugmug.com and try out that two-week trial and see what they see what they find. Thank you, and I loved your pig face interview. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was keeping my mouth shut because I am I am not the photography buff that Philip is. But uh, yeah, great job. It's really really interesting stuff. And thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to to Martin. It's hard to believe it's been 15 years since our our last chat. But hey, time flies. Indeed. Well, for our final segment tonight, uh, we should have on the line with us some people from Current TV. Welcome to the show. Hello. Well, we have someone from the 310 area code on the line with us uh, right now, and I was hoping it would be someone from Current TV. Who is on the line? Is anyone there? Well, if not, we can actually spend a little bit more time uh, talking with Chris. Uh, uh, I know Chris is still on the line. I guess we I can uh, chat some more about Smug Mug until we find out what's happening with our third segment tonight. Every, er, everything's off mute and all that sort of good stuff? Absolutely. And you answered that call, that number? Yeah, yes, indeed. Right now we have all callers are able to talk. No one is muted. So I was just poking around uh, Smug Mug, uh, Chris, while we've been while we've been talking, and I see it talks about uh, videos in almost any format. What are the wow? I, I am just I am just absolutely amazed at the quality of this video on this website. I mean, it just blows me away. Yeah, there's some samples up there. In fact, there's one that I made of my family over Thanksgiving. Our kids are having. Pies. What's that? The one with all the pies. And yeah. The babies <laughs> waving. Yeah, yeah. Pe people in the chat room can catch a quick little glimpse of that via via the in chat webcam. Yeah, that that, that one's actually 960 pixels uh, instead of 1280 because I fumbled a little bit when I was editing with iMovie. But the um, uh, I don't think that, when you see that, you keep in mind that it was with an inexpensive consumer camera and the lighting in the house wasn't so good, but the quality is still. Stunning. I think we all love YouTube. I know I do. And but the universal complaint about YouTube is they're, they're pretty small and grainy videos. Wouldn't it be nice to see more resolution? So there you get it. Sure. We can have we can have a copyright violation in full screen rather than the little tiny windows. Yeah, I've heard that comment a couple of times from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, there are, there are an amazing number of of options here. Now. The uh, the Smugmongus video option. What does it take to to be able to upload videos? Uh, so they upload just like photos, and uh, we we have very as you saw when you signed up. We have various different uploaders, which we've found from experience people love because they use various different programs. Like they may be using Photoshop or Photoshop Elements or Picasa. You know the Google right. Photo Organizer or iPhoto, the, the Apple photo organizer that comes with all apples. And, uh, and they, since they organize in there, they crop and color adjust and everything else. They just want to press a button to go from there to SmugMug. And so we've spent a lot of effort doing that and allow them to – we give them a list of uploaders uh, that they can choose from. Yeah, I, was, and, uh, I was pretty amazed in setting up this account. I'm, I'm kind of used to being, uh, you know, on a Mac, being a second-class citizen in a lot of sites. But uh, I, I went to upload some photos just to kind of test things out this week, and I mean, there was a huge list of options, and I just went for the easy drag-and-drop option, and was simply amazed at how how that worked. It was it was beautiful. Well, you know, when I <clears throat> when I worked at Next for two years and was in and out of Steve's office and traveling with him and speaking with him and everything. I just fell in love with what we were doing. No one else seemed to <laughs> at the time, but it, it seemed to me that we were solving Unix's most vexing problem, which was to make it easy to use. We were putting a Steve Jobs elegant interface on it. Who wouldn't want that? Well, no one did back then because the computers weren't power enough, powerful enough to to drive it. But when it became OS X with a more Mac-like interface, then it drove the renaissance that we're seeing now with Apple. It's amazing. And I have loved the Macintosh, so has Don. All of us have loved the Macintosh all these years. And uh, 
and so we just generally tend to integrate with it well. So you'll you saw when you, for example, the tab gives you a choice between Windows and the Mac. We sensed that you were coming in on a Mac, so we presented you with the Mac tab, That's right. and then we gave you a lot of options. And one of those is an uploader that we wrote especially for the Mac uh, that you know integrates. Oh, what's that? Hello. 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 Yeah, apparently there's some sort of audio problem for uh, some connections. Uh, I'll tell you. What I just heard a big weird buzzing, but it was only for a moment. Yeah, apparently some people in the chat room are uh, are reporting the same thing. Um, well, th thanks, Chris. Also, for let me let me try this. I, I know that you're still online, and thank you for being patient. But I'm I'm also going to go again to uh, I see another iteration of the 310 number. Are you on the line, uh, Chris TV? Hi there. Hello. Hello. Uh, very cool, very but cool, very, very echoey. Please, as they say, turn down your radio. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to the show. To the show. Thank you. Yeah, we're a little bit technical issues here. <laughs> if you uh, turn down the sound on your computer. Yeah, you got to turn down the sound on your computer. Yeah, we don't, have, we don't have it on, actually. Oh, there we go. There we go. No, it's still like a Unbelievable. The technical problem Wow. Well, who was on the line with us? There we go. No? I just got a new amp, and I was playing with all the little uh, goodies uh, on the super amp, a super champ amp, and uh, Echo is, is always really fun, but it's better when you can control it. Okay, so again, right, it's we gone. have Deanna Cohen, Douglas Caballero, Caballero, and Alex Simmons. That's right, yeah. You guys are there. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're, here, yeah. we, we, may, we may have to, to uh, have you come back, if you don't mind, because we, we certainly don't want to give you short, short shrift, and we only have about you know, like nine minutes. But really quickly, uh, I was super interested to hear about all the I, – I, you know, I'm a fan of Current TV, and, and I, I was uh, checking in on it quite a bit but less so in about the last year. So I was really interested to see that you guys have really jumped into music. So if you could just kind of maybe give us a, an overview of what you guys are, are doing and concentrating on, on the music side of things, I think people will really be excited to hear that. Absolutely. I'd be happy to speak to that and then um, turn things over to Douglas and Alex. So this is Deanna, and I head the music department. Basically, what we're trying to do on Current is you know, showcase the best of new music for our audience, which is a pretty savvy crowd of tastemakers. So we try to be very careful in our music programming, since we're not a music channel, to make sure that we're educating and entertaining our audience and really bringing them information and viewpoints on artists that they may not have seen or heard before. So within that, we've got a couple of music franchises. Um, our marquee music franchise is The Fix, which Douglas and Alex produce. And within that, there's the first um, daily music blog for television, The Daily Fix. Hello. I'm going to let them speak to that, but I'll just kind of give you an overview on the franchises. So we've got that. We've got Current Playlist, which is an unhosted um, glimpse into artists, live and profile on them. And then we also have a franchise called All Eyes, and you may have seen the piece that we did last year on the Shins. Right, I did see that, yes. Douglas and Alex just spearheaded at Lollapalooza in August um, a piece that's going to premiere in the new year on My Morning Jacket, which should be pretty amazing. You guys are, are documentary filmmakers as well, right? You've kind of done all aspects of video and, and music, all the various intersections. Yeah, I think that that's generally the, the, the format Current comes in, is it's a short format documentary. And uh, most of our pieces are, are end up being, you know, three to seven minute documentaries on, on bands and artists. And then, uh, the, you know, most of the network comes in the form of short documentary too. So, yeah, it's really like a, a documentary network. And this is uh, both uh, online and on the air, right? That's right. Everything that you see on air... It's archived online. In the U.S. and the U.K. Super. Well, what are some of the, the most recent things you guys have been working on? I, I know you got this new deal with Moby coming on. What's, what's the story with him? 
Uh, well, we, with the Daily Fix, we, uh, which is, um, we call it the, the first music blog on television, the idea behind the show is it was meant to be basically to take that concept of you know, blogging where people you know, give you up to the minute you know, news and information on music, they, they revel in an, about an artist, they, put, you know, they, they, they take down an album, whatever it is. We decided to take that to television and not just use television, have television be an outlet for music, be more of like a place where there's going to be commentary on it. And uh, so each episode is basically a blog post, um, but, but with the, in the moving form, in the moving picture. And so Moby, uh, who's now a friend of ours, graciously uh, agreed to come in and be uh, our blogger for a few episodes, where he sat in the chair and he discussed uh, a couple of different things, um, one of them being um, for a couple of different episodes. And one episode was about the, uh, some of the music that he created uh, for the film uh, Southland Tales, which is a Richard Kelly-directed film. Uh, Richard Kelly directed and wrote uh, Donnie Darko. And uh, he, so Moby did the, the, the original score to that. And then the other episode that he uh, hosted was about, uh, it was more, more of a newsy piece, and it was about the leak of, a, of an album by, uh, of a band that he's friends with, Goldfrap. He's a big fan of Goldfrap, and their album was just leaked, and so he discussed that on the show. So those are the two things that Moby's up to as far as The Daily Fix. Um, however, we are in the midst of um, editing a piece on him, a current fixed piece, which is more of an in-depth documentary-style piece where we go out on location with him and we discuss his new album that's coming out in March. Cool. Well, if you guys, yeah. are you breaking any uh, cool guy, special, super-duper new info, anything coming up here that we can look forward to? Are you <laughs> leaking anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th I think a little bit of a leak is that we'll have a... The, the, the piece that Deanna mentioned earlier is a My Morning Jacket piece and debuting in January and uh, it'll be similar to All Eyes on the Sims except it's All Eyes on My Morning Jacket except it's, it's that times a little more. Mm -hmm. so, are, you, are, you, are you familiar with the All Eyes? Do you want, do you want us to kind of run you through the, what that's all about? Yes, please. Yeah, I mean, ba basically what it means is uh, we go to one concert and have hundreds and you know thousands of fans pull out their digital cameras or cell phones and film one song from one artist they upload it to our website and then we put it all together into a concert film with hundreds of different angles and this, this comes from the the idea that every fan at a concert is walking around with some type of video camera in their pocket whether it's cell phone or digital camera why not harness those into into one thing and get everybody, you know, participating in one piece. So we, we tried it once and it was a success and we were trying it again with my morning jacket and it's been really good. So that sounds like an outrageous amount of editing involved in that. Yeah, it is. And I, I actually edited the first one and I kind of vowed that I would never do it again and God, I imagine. In the midst of doing it again right now. So it's a lot of really quick cuts. I mean it sounds amazing. I'm gonna have to go check it out. I haven't seen it, I, I have to admit. Where, where can exactly can people see that? You can check it out on our website. It's uh, current.com slash fix. And uh, that's, that's also where you see the rest of the, the fix episodes. But um, the Shins episode is on there along with some other Shin stuff and our interviews with uh, Sigur Ross and uh, Mastercraft, um, Silver Sun Pickups, Chameleonaire, a few other artists. I don't know. Yeah. Um, who else am I thinking of? We've done stuff with Ben Harper. Yeah. Well, you yeah. guys had quite a presence at Bonnaroo, just like we'll have at South by Southwest coming up this March. So a lot of the programming from Bonnaroo, those artists went on to be even bigger after Douglas and Alex covered them first, like a Gogol Bordello was an example of an artist from, from the Bonnaroo piece. And actually that was kind of um, groundbreaking for Current and that festival in in the way that um, the big screens were featured. Well, it was cool. It, it, the that. cool thing about Bonnaroo was that we were we were on site and producing live TV and then airing it straight away to the jumbotron. So you you, you know we were actually not sleeping and, and editing all night and in trailers and then fans could see a little glimpse behind the the tower speakers of what their artists were doing back there. So that was a, a massive effort, but it was pretty cool to have stuff airing so quickly at a music festival. I think what Douglas and Alex are really good at unearthing and what we try to do with, with all aspects of music on current is really to make sure that we feature music and artists that we like. They don't need to have a story anywhere else. We just trust our own taste and we trust our audience to be savvy and interested in the kind of 
artists that we bring to them. Well, that is, I did check out some of the, uh, the, the, the current stuff uh, this afternoon, actually, and uh, I was pretty impressed by the stuff I saw from Bonnaroo. I was pretty impressed, actually, with the stuff I saw on the whole site. And so uh, I think we'll, we'll try to resolve some technical difficulties we've been having here. Uh, I know a lot of our live listeners aren't able to hear us right now, uh, but I'm told that our, our archive and podcast episodes should come through loud and clear. So hopefully we can have you guys on again to talk a little bit more about Current when uh, we're a little more focused and are having fewer technical difficulties. Does that sound good? That sounds yeah, great. Thank you. Too. It happens, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time. I know uh, you guys have uh, probably run into technical issues that uh, disrupt things before, and so I appreciate your patience. No problem. Yeah, have a good one. Well, big thank yous again to uh, Martin, to Chris, to Deanna, to Douglas, and to Alex for spending part of Wednesday night with us. Thanks to everybody that's hanging out in the chat room. I am sorry about the technical difficulties at the end of the show. This has been Radio Live with Philip and Eric. We broadcast live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to visit blogtalkradio.com slash radio to interact in the chat room and watch the live video feed. If you missed the live broadcast, audio archives are available online, or you can subscribe to the podcast and have BC Radio Live delivered to you each week. Find out more about BC Radio Live and all of the other shows on the BC Radio Network at blogcritics.org slash Radio. We'll be back next week on Boxing Day, December 26th. Until then, Merry Christmas!